This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. Giants last night. How about the play of that first team offense last night? I thought we did some good things. You know, we executed pretty well. A couple plays, sharpen up a few things there. Overall, I thought we executed well. Giants are a playoff team. Okay, whether you like to acknowledge it or not, the Giants are a playoff team. When you look at their season and what they have against them, but if you look up and down the rest of the NFC and how things are presently constituted, you got to put seven teams in the playoffs. And for where I'm sitting right now, Giants have to be a playoff team this year, and I think that they will be this is the dan grosser show on 98.7 espn jets bucks tonight metlife stadium our coverage gets underway at 6 30 right here on 98.7 with the pregame show buttle and myself bob and marty will have the call at 7 30 on the tv side of things on cbs you are going to see this next gentleman and he of course is going to be with us throughout the regular season on our team here at 98.7 on game days he is of course former New York Jet tight end, Anthony Beck, who was nice enough to join us this morning. Sir, thank you for uh, getting up early and hopping on. I appreciate it. And I'm just encouraged that you're able to make it, given that uh, you're still not suffering from food coma after that meal last night, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a big Bill Parm guy. They have Bill Parm on the bone. I thought they brought out a margarita pizza when, when they delivered it to me. It was so big. So uh, <laughs> it was one of the few meals that, I couldn't finish, uh, and that's surprising. My wife didn't didn't quite believe me. I couldn't finish it, but uh, you, you're, the proof's in the pudding. You were right next to me. We couldn't get it done. We went out to dinner last night, this great Italian place. Give him, so we gave him a pop, right? Luco and Florham Park. It was a great spot. Yeah, so so we spot. had a chance. Yeah. Great spot. We, I mean, we, we ate pretty well, let's be real. So we did the appetizers, the whole nine yards, the clams, the pizza. Then we ordered the dinners. And then he orders the veal parm with the bone still in. I went with a chicken parm. And then they bring out the size of these things on the plates. I, I almost wanted to cry uncle as soon as they put it in front of me. He at least annihilated most of it, as you can see on his Twitter page, because he posted the picture. I got my other half still down in the refrigerator right now in a little doggy bag, for crying out loud. Yeah, I thought I was going to get a T-shirt if I finished it. That's how big it was, and uh, <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal. So uh, next time we know, we can share. So that'll be a shared dish, and it'll be cheaper for us. It's good. Yeah, well, that's all right. You know, dropping the heavy artillery last night when the bill came, too, was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. All right, let's talk about this team tonight and, and this game. It's the – you could call it the Anthony Beck Bowl, right? Your two first teams in the NFL with the Jets and the Bucks. You were out at practice there for a couple of days this week, um, and you did the game last week. So far, when you look at this club right now, we'll start on the offensive side of things. You had a chance to talk to Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to see him tonight. But so far, how do you gauge what his impact has been to this football team thus far? Uh, it's probably the greatest impact over the 23 years I've been out of college watching the Jets, playing for the Jets, working for the Jets. Um, you know, listen, I was at the transition with the Bucks when Brady came, and we saw in that first year he was able to lead them and win a Super Bowl. Um, big difference between what Rodgers is able to do and Brady. Brady had to come in and, look, plays the football. All that stuff's the same. The verbiage was really obsolete and different. He spoke many times about how he had to kind of re relearn everything. And that showed signs on the field, and it took time for that offense to mesh. But when it did, they were able to turn it on and win a Super Bowl. On the flip side, 
when you look at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers comes in and, quite frankly, knows the offense maybe better than anybody in the organization. Uh, and what he's able to do that, quite frankly, Brady couldn't do, which he normally would have, you know, if he was still in New England or wherever he was playing, is spread that information out to the backs, to the receivers, to the other coaches, uh, to the other players, to the defense, and really just help everybody grow in massive strides every single day. Not only the fact he's taking out his time and just touching every piece of the team, you know, outside of the game, on the field, on the defensive side, you know, the guy that some of the things that I see with my eyes is after practice, he throws on a penny and he works the defense and runs the scout team versus the walkthrough look for the, for the guys that are going to play in these preseason games, gets everybody in the right spots. Actually, you know, he talked about how serious it is in those situations. And he's right. I mean, I, I always felt like there's a lot of growth in walkthroughs and he's out there telling the guys that are standing in front on defense where to slant, where to go, the looks, all these things I'm telling you just help this team move forward so much faster because everybody's learning a new system offensively, but now it just speeds the process up. And then you sprinkle in those pieces that came from Green Bay in the receiver room, Lazard, Cobb. That enhances Garrett and and, uh, some of the younger receivers on the team. And, of course, the offensive line. Again, I think a lot's been said about it, I think, to me. They're in good shape. They got enough pieces. Dwayne Brown's healthy. He gets into the season. He's good to go. I think he has to get on the field soon and start doing some football stuff. He's a pro, though. He came off the street last year. He did a nice job for this team. And then you got three guys that, quite frankly, have played a lot of ball. At least one of them has Billy Turner, a little older. But Max Mitchell played last year, and, and Mekhi Becton's a wild card. If he gets back to himself and he starts feeling the way he did before and he, and he trusts his knee, you know, he could be ultimately that starter on the right side. So, you know, and when everything's intact, Dan, I like what they got. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the defense, which I think is, you know, going to be really the staple for this team. And we'll get to the defense in a second, but you mentioned some of those guys on the offensive line. That's the big worry, I think, for fans right now about this team. They said, you heard Robert Sala mention the fact that they're going to play their best five. Regardless of what their ideal positions are, they're going to get the best five on the field. I guess the question I have for you, and it's the question that I've kind of been asking myself just to, within different people in the organization, do you feel that they have five enough that are capable without having to seek help outside the organization? I do. Now, that, that doesn't mean that they may not seek help. I mean, injuries, things happen, guys aren't ready to go. Uh, and let me just ease the pain of, of fans that, you know, look, this is a topic of discussion. Only reason why is because, you know, quite frankly, there's nothing really else from a, from a weakness standpoint that this team has on paper. Uh, you know, you go across the league, man. Nobody has five legitimate guys that they feel great about. I mean, let's be honest. If you get three guys, you're good to go. And then you add those pieces around it. Now, clearly, you'd love to have, you know, people like, oh, you got to have tackles and set. Yeah, well, you also need interior. I mean, you're, you got a guy that can do both. He can throw from the pocket. He can move around, adjust. You know, look, you can add running backs. You can add tight ends to chip and do those things. Nathaniel Hackett's a smart coordinator. He's not going to let uh, Aaron Rodgers be a sitting duck. And go back when Aaron Rodgers played. He didn't have great lines every single year he played. And he still had 4,000-plus, 40-touchdown seasons in his career. So, look, it's a topic of discussion. It may say it takes some time, but you got great backs. You run the ball effectively. Trust me, that takes away from the pass rush instantaneously, and that amplifies your offensive line play, number one. And then a quarterback that, quite frankly, doesn't have to have brick concrete shoes on thrown from the pocket. Yeah, he's almost 40 years old, but Aaron Rodgers can move. He can adjust. He can throw. He can jump and throw. He can do all this, this, these crazy things, 
okay? And then when he does have time in the pocket, he's going to shred you like all the great quarterbacks have. So I'd ease it down on the offensive line. Of course, you know, you want to have guys practicing and meshing. But, man, that's so unrealistic as far as day-to-day, guys getting banged up. Hell, they didn't have three of their starters in the, in the practice against the Bucks. Of course, you're going to have six, seven sacks or close to the quarterback. They're not your guys. So, you know, let's temper it down a little bit. Yeah, it's a discussion point. I think it's going to be fine as long as everybody's healthy. But who is in the league? Everybody's going to have to adjust at some point throughout the season. And let's put a wild rumor to rest, by the way, at least on Thursday when the Jets and the Bucks were supposed to have a joint practice. You saw Robert Sala. You were out there, right? Talked to Robert Sala the whole nine yards. He was there on Thursday, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it looked like the other guy uh, in uh, the other station you guys uh, are up against, uh, Tiki Barber, I think his name is. It looked like he was, he looked like pretty confident. He was putting out a, a message or a, a something that was concrete when completely false and, and uh, not the case. So, you know, hey, clickbait, you guys, you look for clickbait, Dan. You got me on the show. You're trying to get a bunch of clicks with me on the show. He's trying to do the same thing on the other side, talking about, you know, the, the false rumors that the Jets had. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know what? To each his own. Exactly. Um, the Dalvin Cook signing. You pair him with Brees Hall. They got a deep group of running backs right now in that room. Now, once upon a time, I remember your last year with the Jets in 04, you had Curtis Martin win the rushing title. You did a great job helping to pave the way for a lot of those yards, by the way, with the tough blocking. But you also had Lamont Jordan to help alleviate some of the pressure off of Curtis. I'm, you know, I, So you have played with a, you know, a two-headed monster, if you will, at the running back position. What can the Dalvin cook Brees hall duo be for this team and this offense this year? Well, both of these backs are, are ones, right? So for any team in the league, uh, I, I think really it's a challenge. It's a positive for the organization because they got that power at the back position. It is a great one-two punch, and they and really have a couple other backs that can do a really good job in, in certain situations, bam, uh, bam you know, with the power running scheme and then Michael Carter with his diversity. But if you're talking about two elite backs, uh, it's a challenge for an offensive coordinator uh, to figure out how to get the max most out of both of these guys. Because what happens is sometimes is you got one guy on the sideline, the other guy's in, and then you kind of leave it to the running back coach to kind of work these guys in. Absolutely not. You know, Nathaniel Hackett has to have, you know, uh, the number tagged, with the play and if it's a dual thing it doesn't matter but if it's certain plays in the system he's got to get the right guy in and really both of these guys can do the best at both worlds so how do you magnify both guys to get the most out of them on game day it's not easy uh, to get that done so that's a challenge for him but man it's a good challenge to have um you know I, I i think to me i mean it's you know they're two different dynamics in both of these running backs i mean dalvin has, has really been a beast in his career uh, and, and Brees Hall was arguably the best running back for the first, whatever, six, seven weeks of the season before he got hurt, you know, top three guys as far as numbers are concerned, uh, and, and, and quite frankly may have been the best uh, of the draft picks and, and really the most important as far as when he left the team. Well, I think, what were they, five and two at the time, Dan? And then, yeah. and then they tanked. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, he was a – that's what I'm talking about when you're talking about offensive linemen, quarterback play, and having a running game. He changes things because you can't just rush the passer, you know, immediately on certain downs and distances. You got to read keys. You got to play the run. That's the problem, and that tempers pass rush down, regardless of who it is. And that ultimately can help the offensive line really gel and be cohesive throughout the season. 
Talking with Anthony Beck here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, you brought up the defense a little while ago. This was a top-five defense last year. I guess they finished fourth statistically when it was all said and done. They draft Will McDonald. You talk about a guy like Jermaine Johnson, first-round pick last year, taking another step this season. Lawson, a year removed, another year removed from his injury. Can this defense be even better than it was a year ago? No question. Uh, you know, this defensive line is sick. I mean, you know, I know it was just a preseason game, but it's been happening every practice, every day. Uh, when this team is re- ready to go and everybody's on the field, it, it's going to be special. You know, Jermaine Johnson has changed his body. He's a much different player. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Will McDonald could be could get close to double-digit sacks this year, and he's going to be limited. You know, that's that's a big a big bold uh, statement there, but I also believe that you know he's just a different dude. I was talking to Quinn and Williams yesterday. I asked him about him. He said, "Listen, I played with Will Anderson. I've trained with Will Anderson. I've watched him grow and what he's done. He was a top three pick, I believe, this year." Yep. And he said he's more athletic in the pass rush skills than Will Anderson is. So think about that, right? When you're talking about what you're getting, now does he have to get bigger and stronger? No question about it. I look at Greg Burns, the guy that played excuse me, Brian Burns, that plays for Carolina, came in mm-hmm. really the same body type. I looked at him at the joint practices a couple of years later. Now the kid's filled out. You know, it's all ball every day, every week throughout his, his career now. He's able to get stronger, but the pass rush stuff at his size is a premium, but he was still getting it done at that size. Will, is, he understands that his weakness is when guys get their hands on him, and he's very good at avoiding guys getting his hands on him because of the movement and the juice that he brings to the table. So uh, another good key sign. Nobody's really talking about. He'll play a little bit tonight. You know, he's an older guy, Al Woods. Yep. You know, 13th-year guy. Massive. You know, Quinn and Williams had 50, yeah, 55 tackles last year. Quinn and Williams had at the deep, deep defensive tackle position. We all think he's pretty much a top-three guy at his position. Al Woods has averaged 50 tackles over the last two years at his position. Think about that. I mean, you know, that's just run stuff in the middle. Premier pass rushers in the middle working your way out. You've got one of the premier linebackers who still can play ball in uh, Mosley. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of speed with Sherwood, and then you've got Quincy Williams, good depth, two of the best corners uh, tandems in the NFL, and Jordan Whitehead, who to me is, is an extremely talented safety. The question is the other safety, Amos and then Adams. Adams, everybody's talking about how he is, you know, the guy, right? He's just he's going to be – you know, a next level. I mean, they really believe that they have a future pro bowler in this kid. Yeah, I just want to, like, again, he didn't play a lot last year. It would be nice to have him on the field preseason. But he is getting a ton of reps in the joint practices, which to me, again, is a lot more realistic reps than he's ever going to get in a preseason game. But, look, you're opening up Monday night, man. You know, you want to make sure you're, you're ready to go when the lights are turned on. But, man, I, you know, I believe in the fact that they think he's that good. And if they want to keep him back and, and wait for the season, then – then go do it. So, again, you're talking about a team, top four last year. They might be the best defense in the NFL. It's a real legitimate statement, and and uh, I promise they're going to set the tone early in the season, and that's going to help this offense really build, take off, and, and kind of get where they need to be because, you know, offenses in the league usually start a little slower to find their way. But I just think with a quarterback that comes in automatically knows this system in and out. I mean, it's almost to the point, too, like I was talking to him, you know, he's got signals that he's using with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb that they haven't even gone over yet in the room with the rest of the guys. So it just comes up, hey, it gives them this thing, and, and they know. So it's like the advancement that they have is crazy. So, 
Uh, it's an exciting time, man. I mean, listen, on paper, it's awesome. But realistically, this team is going to be good. I mean, it's, you know, if they're healthy, they have to be good. I just, there's no way around it. It's not jumping on a bandwagon. It's not being biased. It's not me being a former player or someone that covers them. It's just legitimate. They've got dudes, man. Like, yep. and, and, and Garrett Wilson, you know, he's another guy that can have gaudy numbers this year and really elevate himself to the premier class of receivers in the NFL with a guy like A-Rod. So it's exciting times. I can't wait to see it. We were talking about it last night, you and I, as a matter of fact, right? I mean, you think about 2020, they barely won a game. Talent pool, not very deep at all. And in a few short years, you're talking about maybe one of the most talented rosters in the NFL and incorporating a future Hall of Fame quarterback who's a four-time MVP. It really is staggering. Before we say goodbye, let me uh, hit you real quick on the Giants here. Curious as to your thoughts, what is the trajectory of the quarterback now that they've committed a lot of money to him over the next couple of years? Do you see him continuing to progress and get better and do you think this is a playoff team again for a second consecutive season? Yeah, you know, look, they're, they're going to do it a different way. They have an athletic quarterback. They sprinkled in some new weapons. You know, I think uh, the, the kid from Tennessee is, is going to be a nice addition, looks to be having a great camp and a great uh, summer so Hi. far. You know, Darren Waller is, is obviously a, a game changer for them. You know, he can, you know, run the receiver routes and he can run the tight end routes. And then you got a quarterback and a running back tandem that can both run, and that's dangerous. So, you know, look, they got a, a solid defense. They're going to grind out these wins. They're going to beat on you physically. And then now they got some, some more additional weapons to really kind of enhance what Brian Dable and, uh, you know, Kappa want to do for this football team. So, yeah, I, they're, they're a tough out. Like, I think they're, you, know, you don't want to play that team, right? That's just kind of what they are. And it may not look pretty every week. But I just, you know, I, I think with the division they're in and the ups and downs and the inconsistencies of Dallas, I think we all know the Eagles, you know, they, they look like they're, you know, always going to be that, that team. But, again, teams figure out young quarterbacks. It gets a little harder sometimes. Let's see what Jalen Hurts does. He, you know, he looks like a guy that can push through those, those barriers because he puts that work in, just like everybody else. But, again, he's just so dialed in as a young player. Uh, so, look, it's, it's a tough division, but – you know, they're going to grind it out. Can they improve in their win total? I think they can, but I just don't think – I think the games are always going to be close, so it's always going to come down to who can finish the best with them, and they did a good job of that last year. And, you know, that's, that's the key for this season with the new, new players and the nucleus to kind of keep that going in, in year two with Dable. Hey, B, good stuff, my friend. Appreciate a couple of minutes here. I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I'm probably not going to see you later on tonight because you're doing TV. You're a big shot, so you're not going to come down and, and shoot the breeze with us like you normally do. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, we'll see. It depends on the time, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, it may be tough. But during the season, you always stop by, so we're, we're good to go there. Of course. All right, bud. Thanks for a couple. I'll see you later. You got it well. Be well, man. All right, there's Anthony Becht. He's going to be on the TV coverage tonight alongside Ian Eagle on CBS. Our coverage, of course, right here on 98.7, 6.30 pregame. Greg and myself, then Bob and Marty have the call at 7.30. Jets, Bucks, preseason home opener in 2023 for the Jets. We come back, we'll talk a little football, jet calls, concerns, offensive line, Dalvin Cook, all up for discussion, 800-919-3776. Grass until noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. But how do you buy days? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, enter the ESPN New York no-hitter sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. Find a no-hitter tile on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team and submit your entry. Today's qualifier is David Blogg from Bergenfield, New Jersey. He has chosen New York's National League team to throw a no-hitter today. That means Kodai Senga, the ghost fork ball, presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. So, Good luck to David. Hopefully he will get himself a winner. It's also time for MLB Round Trippers. That is driven by Coach USA. And speaking of the Metropolitans last night, you had Brandon Nimmo connecting on his 18th of the season. Jeff McNeil with home run number six. Over in the Bronx, Aaron Judge. Two-run jack for number 23 for the Yankee captain and the newly anointed Jordan Brand ambassador. That is MLB Round Trippers, driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. Uh, 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Talking a little jet football here. They'll play the Bucks tonight. You know, when Anthony, what he was saying... You know, you might hear him when he mentioned Will McDonald, the first-round pick, and he said, I think he's a double-digit sack guy this year. Remember, Anthony's got a little bit of extra intel on Will McDonald because Anthony's son Rocco was a quarterback on Iowa State and was a teammate of Will McDonald's last year, and Anthony was, you know, around the program a lot. So um, if he's going to sit there and tell you that he expects big things from the rookie this year, you know, you put a little stock into that a little bit because he comes from a place of knowledge knowing that. You know, the freakish athletic ability is there. So, and really, that is the thing. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, and you got all these flashy weapons on offense, and now Dalvin Cook is here, and, you know, they could score a lot of points and, and, and everything. But defensively, defensively, this, this group could be freaking scary. And you've already seen, like, glimpses of it, even though it's preseason. But the, uh, the defensive line, and when you say that they come at you in waves or come at you in droves, I, I mean, that could be the Jets this year. And, you know, in the past, a lot of fans over the last couple of years were critical of Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich in the scheme as to why do they shuttle their defensive linemen in and out of the game as frequently as they do? Why, why isn't Quinn and Williams on the field more than, let's say, 60% of the defensive snaps, right? He's your best player. He should play more because that's what they believe in. They believe in fresh bodies continuing to apply the pressure. Now, in the past, you might have had mixed results as to how it was executed because now, though, the difference is you have a huge, huge increase in talent pool. 
you know, good luck trying to make cuts to this group when camp is over. Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers. Anthony mentioned Al Woods. Al Woods is a massive human being. Now, he's there to take up two blockers and to clog up lanes for the run game. That's why Al Woods is there. Quentin Jefferson, a guy they also signed as a free agent from Seattle, a guy who has some pass rush ability in one of those supporting roles. You know, Jermaine Johnson, huge leap I'm expecting him to take in year number two. Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas, I'll tell you, nobody maybe has transformed his body even more than Solomon Thomas during this offseason. The dude looks like the Incredible Hulk out there. You know, Michael Clemens, who's a promising second-year defensive lineman who was a fourth-round pick last year. And then, oh, by the way, you got Will McDonald. Oh, by the way, you got Bryce Huff. That's like eight guys that I just mentioned. How are they going to find time for all these guys? Some, somebody's not going to be able to make it. Somebody's not going to be able to dress on Sundays. So if I'm an opposing team in the NFL needing help on the defensive line just to be able to shore things up, the Jets are one of the teams, and Joe Douglas is one of the guys that I'm going to have on my speed dial if I'm a general manager because not everybody is going to be able to make this team on the defensive line and now with Dalvin Cook aboard at the running back position. And it's probably going to come down to either Michael Carter or Bam Knight because Dalvin Cook ain't going anywhere. Brees Hall's making the team. Izzy Abanaconda, who they just drafted this year as a rookie, is going to be here. Bam or Michael Carter, one of them is going to be expendable just because you have an embarrassment of riches. And it goes back to what I said a, a few minutes ago, just about how the talent pool on this team is night and day from where it was just a couple of years ago. I mean, we would be getting ready to do games each and every Sunday, and, and you're sitting there and you're mapping out your notes and you're doing this, and you, you get there and you're like, who's this guy? They signed him off of what street? He was playing at what college last year? Like, it's just, and, and these guys would be starting and playing like legitimate snaps. And the results unfortunately kind of followed over the course of 60 minutes. But now it's, it, 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 it's mind-boggling. And if you're a Jet fan, it should be a very, very fun season for you. Mike in Manhattan, up next, 98.7 ESPN. Michael, good morning. How are you? Dan, good morning. Oh, shout out to the company, baby. I am so excited that interview you just did with beck that's probably the best interview in this entire station ever i am so pumped oh my god I, words can't describe Don't say much about the station mike let's right be now. honest i mean anthony's not that good let's be real he's okay that was a unreal interview that was so good the way he broke it down i'm not even worried about the offensive line i got no worries now none zero <laughs> none we're in baby we're in let's go jet baby Mike, I appreciate the phone call. Like, look, I, I, I would say, okay, and I'm just teasing about Anthony. Um, the offensive line, yeah, right now on August the 19th, I'd be concerned a little bit. I'd keep an extra eye on that one. And as I said, just talking to certain people out there, when I was there this week, they are committed to the people that they have right now in that building. All right? They believe that they've got five that they could go to war with, and they're going to feel comfortable going to war with. Now, in a couple of weeks, is that going to change? I don't know. But right now, they are not inclined to necessarily go shopping or to see if they could make a trade and bring in another piece that currently is in another training camp right now. But we'll see what transpires over the next couple of weeks. Remember, you still got to get through two more preseason games. Now, tonight, I would be shocked, by the way. You're not going to see Dwayne Brown, of course. He hasn't practiced yet. I'd be shocked if Lakin Tomlinson plays. I'd be shocked if Eliza Vera Tucker plays because they were banged up earlier in the week on pra in practice and didn't 
take the field. So you're not going to throw them out there in a preseason game. So those are your two starting guards that aren't going to play. Um, you're not going to have your opening day left tackle either. It's going to be a who's who out there and a revolving door. But if you're going to look for a little bit of a glimpse on the offensive line for tonight's game, you want to see the big guy go out there and play the majority of the game. And I'm talking about Mekhi Becton. Okay? Let him get to as close as 60 minutes as possible. And you hope that that knee is going to hold up. Because the more he plays, the more confidence he's going to get in that knee. It's all in his head right now because he hasn't played a lot of football in the last couple of years. The more he plays, the better. And, yeah, I know that it's only a tackle, and I know that you're always following the ball, but keep an extra eye on him. If you're at the game tonight, you're watching it on TV, see how long number 77 is in there at right tackle tonight for this team. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. More your jet calls. And also, I want to get into the Mets a little bit because something happened in their game last night, which – you don't really see that often, and it's kind of head-scratching. Grasses show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, who's courteous these days? What? Isn't that what the freaking holidays are always supposed to be about? Yep, yeah, who really means it? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. On this Saturday morning. Hey, it's time for the leaderboard update presented by Glenn Fiddick. You got the BMW Championship going on in Illinois. The leaders are going to tee off eh, maybe around like 2 o'clock today. Max Homa. Top the leaderboard, 10 under par. Chris Kirk, two back at minus eight. Then you got Brian Harmon and Matt Fitzpatrick at seven under par. And that, my friends, is the leaderboard update brought to you by Glenn Fittick, single malt scotch whiskey, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey. Skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly. Glenn Fittick, single malt scotch whiskey, ABV, 40% alcohol by volume. 2023 imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. Talking a little Jets, Jets Bucks tonight. Our coverage begins at 6.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. And talking about the state of affairs on the offensive line and where things could shack up for this team. Here was Robert Sala a couple of days ago. Says, for one, he's not sweating it too much about that O-line. I think individually we have a really good good set of guys. You know, all of them can play football. It's just becoming a unit. I don't think anyone in here is panicked. Coaches are always in panic mode. That's just the way we're, we're wired. We always want things done now. But uh, but you also understand when you when you look at the global view of it all, there's, there's guys coming back from injury. There's a lot of growth happening. There's a lot of really good things happening. When I turned on the tape yesterday, I had a lot of really good stuff on tape. And then today, today was a good practice for those guys. In the building, no one's panicking. The message is still the same. We've got plenty of time. We're going to figure it out. Best five will play, and we'll get it done. And Dalvin Cook, the new addition, of course, won't play tonight. But he was out there on the field working his way back from off-season shoulder surgery as well. How about the opportunity for the former Minnesota Viking, who locked horns a lot with Aaron Rodgers and those Packers teams? What is it now to be on the same side? Being on the other side of that for the last six years, you know, I couldn't be on the other side no more. So it was just like being, I got the chance to go join them and you know, help them win, win again. You know, that was, that was a big thing to come, come over here. 
A lot of talent, a lot of options for this uh, for this offense right now going into 2023. I mean, think about it. It wasn't even that long ago, like I said, where, you know, Jets go into a game and, you know, their starting wide receivers consisted of, you know, Chris Hogan, Jeff Smith. You know, it's it, it really is remarkable. Danny in Long Island up next on 98.7 ESPN. Dan, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I often I go for my walk. I think about what I want to talk about. Get 30 seconds maybe if I'm lucky. And then Dick from Manhattan gets on. And he conducts like a three-minute cross-examination of you, like he's on the stand somewhere at, uh, at night court. Yes, Dan, no, do, yes you want to no. talk, do you want to talk about the uh, consolation game in the NCAA tournament? That was not on my bingo card today. No? By the way, uh, two days after Thanksgiving, how was your Thanksgiving is a perfectly acceptable way to break into a conversation with someone that you didn't spend Thanksgiving? Because the wide variety of answers that could come from that question, whether they had to beat up their uncle Somebody choked the traffic. My wife burnt the turkey. It really is a great conversation opener. How was your Thanksgiving? But you can do that the next day, too, even on Friday, right? Absolutely. Listen, you can come back to work on Monday. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, I spent seven hours on the Bell Parkway. The stuffing sucked. It's all, it's all, it's all on board. Anything's possible. 100%. 100%. Now, listen, the biggest thing of week two now is I'm watching the Eagles the other night. Mm-hmm. You got starters playing. You got starters going down. So I, I don't care. I'm not a Jeff fan, but I, I root for the Jets on the side. I don't care how great the offensive line looks. You've got real players playing real downs against first-string players. You have to get out of the game unscathed. My team, the Steelers, playing Buffalo tonight. You know two playoff potential teams. There's going to be a little zip into it, a little more zest on the line of scrimmage. You have got to get out of these games unscathed. It's, that's the most important thing. The offensive line continuity for the Jets, fine. It'll get there. But you're going to start. This is the Monday morning when you wake up to do your show and you say, wow, some team lost their left left tackle. It's 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 a brutal sport. It's a brutal sport. And, and Dan, you're absolutely right about that. And thanks for the phone call. Look, and in a perfect world, I always say this. And it doesn't even matter which team I'm rooting for, dog in the fight or not. I wish I could just like wave a magic wand and every single team in the NFL starts the season healthy week one to give it a fair shot. It's bad for the league. The sport is better. We consume as much football as anybody, not just the teams we root for, right? It's America's sport. So you want to see teams have an opportunity to be at their best. And I hate guys going down in meaningless preseason games or practices during the month of August. It, it's, it's awful. And wait till you get through this weekend of games. Like with only one more preseason game still to play, like the Giants, for example. There is very few, if any, starters that are going to see the field for the Giants next week when they play the Jets. You know, I hear that there's, you know, some talk that maybe Aaron Rodgers might get a series, a few snaps next week against the Giants in the preseason finale, which if you're going up against backups, to me that's tricky. Because if you're talking about a guy, let's say, on the Giants defense who's trying to make this team, who's trying to stand out, who's fighting for his life, he's trying to be noticeable on film. What better way to do that than to go out there and make a play against the great Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers? Which might only end bad for the Jets. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's brutal. And you just wish that you could just close your eyes and and, and when you wake up, you're at opening day and you still have your football team in one piece. See what happens. And look, the preseason, they already took a game away. Probably going to take another game away in the not-too-distant future and just tack it on as a regular season game. Injuries are going to happen. It's inevitable. But if they are going to happen, at least you could digest them a little bit more if it happens in a real game as opposed to just exhibition. 
800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll come back. We'll close it out on the phones. And also, an odd thing happened in St. Louis last night with the Mets and the Cardinals. Still trying to figure it out. Grass until the top right here on 9870 ESPN. You know what I'm talking about. No, what are you talking about? This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'll talk to you again later tonight at 6.30 from the Coaches Club, MetLife Stadium. Buttle and myself have Jet pregame, Jets and the Bucks, and then Bob and Marty with the call afterwards. So our final Saturday program until, well, at least after the football season. It was a lot of fun. Had a lot of laughs. We had some good times. Had some not-so-good times. 23 in a row in preseason. Do you think I care about preseason? No. Well, we need him to care tonight at least. But, yes, I'm going to miss the Saturdays. Definitely will. You know, we gave you some weather forecasts along the way. So don't give up on your weather forecast, people. That is the wisdom that I'm going to leave you with here. Um, last night, the Mets. And, you know, give the Mets some credit. You know, we took a lot of shots at the Mets' expense over the course of this season. And I was right there leading the charge. But they've actually won five out of the last six games. Now, I understand it's not exactly against the elite of baseball. You know, Pirates, Cardinals, you know, they, they stink. Um, but they went again last night in, in, in St. Louis. 7-1 was the final. But during the game, and I don't even know how many people saw this, so I'll let you in on a little secret. Mason Wynn, who is a hotshot prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals, made his debut last night. Okay, they called him up, and at one point in the game, he comes up to bat, and he has one of those swinging bunts, essentially. You know, rolls right down the third baseline, kind of into no man's land, and Arauz, who was the third baseman for the Mets, couldn't make a play, right? Threw wide of first base. Alonzo did a nice play lunging just to keep it in the infield there, but Wynn was safe, and it was an infield hit, so it's his first big league hit. For reasons unknown to anybody except himself, Pete Alonzo at that point, now normally instead, right, plays over, get the baseball, you throw it back to the pitcher. Or maybe throw it to the umpire, like if they want to exchange baseballs, something like that. So what does Pete Alonzo do? Now, given the fact that it was the kid's first major league hit, and look, it doesn't, it's not on Pete for knowing that it's his first hit. And if it was, you know, it's a memento. It's a keepsake. You save the baseball. You throw it into the opposing dugout. Pete did neither. What Pete decided to do was take the ball and kind of bomb it into the stands at Bush Stadium into the lower level. Why? I have no idea. But here was Pete's explanation after the game on throwing away the ball. I feel horrible. I feel awful. I, 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 did. I know it sounds stupid, but it, it's just a, a bad brain fart. I know throwing the ball in the stands, that, that robs him of a, a really special moment, but I feel really bad thinking back on my first hit and just getting the ball thrown back to the dugout. I, I feel awful. I feel like a piece of crap. Well, you have a crap in a lake. That's an important question. But what was going through your mind when you threw it? In the heat of the moment, you kind of just get lost. I, I just kind of got up from trying to make a play, and then umpire said, hey, we're going to switch this ball out. So I'm like, okay, like I'm going to do what I always do. Like I always throw the ball in the stands, but I'll never throw the ball in the stands again. I'm just going to roll every ball to the dugout when they're going to switch it out. But that's, I mean, that's 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 a really bad mistake, and it's completely unintentional. I feel horrible about it. I, I, I feel really bad, and I mean, I apologized to him when I was at when I was at second after for the force out, and then I'm really sorry, and I'm, I'm going to try and talk to him and get uh, get him something for tomorrow as, as, as an apology because like it's I mean it's stupid it's a really bad look and I feel I feel like an idiot and I feel I feel terrible I, I feel really bad 
I guess it's just one of those things you put in the highlight reel for the 2023 Mets, right? And, and that'll be another one there. And, and going with his explanation at his locker afterwards. Now, he threw it into the stand. Some girl caught it. And then, like, stadium security had to come and take the ball away from the girl. But I think in exchange, she ends up getting some nice Cardinal swag. Maybe when she gets the autograph of Mason Wynn or something on a bat and whatnot. So she actually benefits by Pete Alonzo's mistake there. But it's just, just very strange. You know, and, and, and if you saw... You know, guys in the Cardinals dugout, they were chirping at Alonzo from the dugout. Why the hell did you do that? How could you make that type of mistake? And Alonzo had to basically be like, hey, guys, all right, enough is enough. I screwed up. But just it, it kind of like reminded me a little bit of when Clemens took the bat and fired it at Piazza because of his dumb explanation afterwards when he said he thought it was the ball, which we know was completely, you know, related to. <clears throat> but even if he thought it was the baseball, why would you then immediately throw it into foul territory near the first base dugout, which is what he did? Like, I, d I didn't know that in baseball that was a valid play, that if you feel it, you just throw it at the base runner thinking that, like, pegging is allowed. Like when you were kids playing with a tennis ball. Remember those days? Oh, nothing like getting beamed by a tennis ball by your friends. Oh, the good old days. Good, clean, innocent fun. You know what I'm talking about? But nevertheless, Mets, see if they could keep it going. He got Senga today against St. Louis, and we'll see how many wins that they can uh, add up before all is said and done. Harvey, we got a uh, no soccer game tonight, right? We got one tomorrow, though. No, uh, League's Cup finals tonight between Miami and Nashville. But as far as the locals go, Red Bulls don't play until tomorrow night against DC, and I believe NYC is going to Dallas tomorrow night. So now, you mentioned Miami, and Messi is taking MLS by storm. Minnesota, I'm I, sorry, they're home to Minnesota NYCFC. Oh, NYCFC. Okay, but, but Messi is taking MLS by storm, right? I saw a story the other day that the MLS um, Apple TV package, which you are a subscriber of, just the presence of Messi alone, that subscriptions have doubled since Messi has come aboard here to Major League Soccer. So now their subscription total has gone up from 5 to 10 with Messi aboard, which is, I think, a big deal for Major League Soccer. And that's what they hoped that they would get when he decided to come aboard. Are you surprised how well he's played so far? No, because he still has it. Last year... Right. He's not washed-washed like not a washed. lot of these guys are. He's not washed. And honestly, MLS defenses are not washed either. He's just that great. And, and Messi last year... I want to say he had 16 goals and 16 assists for PSG last year, which is awesome for Paris someone his age. Yeah, Paris Saint-Germain in France. Mm -hmm. So he's great. And, of course, with his teammates they brought along with them, they're great as well. So they're just cruising. Can they, tra Messi can they translate that to the regular season? Uh, it's going to be tricky. Well, and Messi is coming aboard to Red Bull in when? In a week, right? Next Saturday, 730. I'll be there. And you still have the tickets. I win regardless, man. I get to see win? this, man. How do you win? I get to see him play against my team. Hopefully, Will the place uh, be sold out? Yes. Because Red Bull Arena is notorious for not selling seats and having a lot of empty seats, despite the fact that you're there. This will sell but out. There's a large Argentina fans here in New Jersey. There's a lot of uh, Barcelona people who were here last year for their friendly against the Red Bulls, but they'll be here uh, next Saturday, too. You know how much money you could get for those things? Enough to pay for that um, that veal parmesan, Anthony Bechtad? You could pay for the veal parmesan. You could pay for my dinner. You could pay for your dinners and your tickets for the next year if you unload them. But you're not going to do that. No, I win regardless. I get to see Messi play, and hopefully they lose to my Red Bulls. There you go. All right. Um, well, this was a lot of fun. 
And I want to thank Harvey and I want to thank Joe for all these Saturdays for being right there alongside me. And, look, we'll still talk to you during the week, of course. You'll be in the capable hands of Gordon Damer moving forward in this slot. So we'll catch up again down the road once the football season is over. But thanks to Anthony Beck for hopping on today. I'll talk to you at 6.30 tonight from MetLife Stadium. Anita's next. Gras is saying, till tonight on 98.7 ESPN. We don't do anything anymore. Summer's almost over. All you do is watch baseball.